Would you turn to your neighbor as we transition here and say, I see you. I see you. I see you. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Paul was talking about this music stand and how I like to push it down or pull it up whenever he goes to speak. Well, I have to pull it up this morning because I realized when I grabbed my iPad with my notes on it that it's been about a month since I spoke up here. And apparently, apparently have, uh, my eyes have, uh, have done something over that month. And uh, so if I'm like going like this this morning... It's because I'm having a hard time seeing my iPad this morning, so I need to get, uh, I probably need to get some new glasses. But welcome to Bridge this morning. Um, I'm Pastor Beard, if you didn't already know that, and um, I'm, uh, we're glad that you are with us this morning um, here at Bridge. And I want to start out by echoing what Pastor Paul shared earlier, um, just saying thank you so much for, for, for noticing and seeing um, your pastoral staff. Um, and, the, and that are here this morning. I mean, um, one thing about Bridge that I think if you've been involved at Bridge for any amount of time or been attending Bridge is you know that this church knows how to love people, right? Like whether it's through missions, whether it's through serving, whether it's through um, actions, whatever that is, even if it's on a pastor's appreciation Sunday, you guys know how to, to love, love others. And so um, I want to say thank you. Um, thank you for that. And uh, this morning, uh, we're going to be starting our new section in the book of Acts. New section in the book of Acts this morning. We're going to be, um, we're going to be in Acts chapter 3. And uh, the first, series in, first section in Acts, we called it The Church Unleashed. Um, talking about where we, we looked at the first two chapters. Talking about the church on mission. We talked about the, the church being empowered. And talking about the church that was devoted and in this next section, uh, chapters 3 through 12, we're going to talk about the church unhindered. And um, in the next few chapters of Acts, we see a church that came up against a lot of different obstacles um, that in the physical eyes might have been something that would have hindered them from sharing the gospel and going forwards and the church continuing to expand. But that's not what happened. The believers continued to grow and they continued to move forward in motion unhindered. And so um, if you would join me this morning, if you have your Bibles, um, and, and turn to Acts chapter 3. And if you don't have a Bible, there's some Bibles under the seats in front of you. Um, and if you don't own a Bible, you can take one of those with you this morning. This morning, uh, my message is entitled, The Church That Sees. The Church That Sees. And I'm terrible about not seeing things, right? Like, how many of you guys are, oh, let's just ask this, how many of you guys in the room are with me about like, you don't see things sometimes, right? Like, like, I'm so bad that I'll be looking for something and it'll be right in my hand. I'll be like, hey, Christy, have you seen my cell phone? She's like, you're holding it. So oftentimes I realize whenever I've lost something, I should probably check my face for my glasses or check my hand for my cell phone or that sort of idea. Or, or my favorite one, that, and this happens, Christy laughs at me all the time. Christy's my wife, by the way. She laughs at me all the time because I'll go and open the refrigerator, right? And how many of you, how many of you guys have been here, right? Standing there in front of the refrigerator going, where is the milk? Hey, honey, where's the milk? It's on the second shelf, you know, on the right side. I don't see it. Ah, and she comes in, right? She's like, it's right there. And it's literally right there in front of me, right? And I'm like, oh, I didn't see it. She's like, oh, man eyes, right? Um, and that's what, 
That's what she says. Like, it's right there. Right in front of me, literally on the shelf, looking back at me. It could have eaten me had I not, had, because I wasn't paying attention, I didn't see it. This morning, we're going to be looking in Acts chapter 3, and um, I'm going to start by reading verses 1 to 10 together. Um, so if you would join me in God's word. It says, one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate, called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, would you help me to communicate clearly what I feel that you have placed on my heart for us as a church this morning. God, uh, open our eyes, open our hearts. Let your Holy Spirit speak to us. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Every time I read this passage, I remember I grew up in church, right? And if you guys know the song, you can sing it along, right? Like, he went walking and leaping and praising God, right? You remember that? Have you guys actually jumped across the room and sang that? Like, I was sermon prepping, I was kind of like skipping, right? Like, like, like across the room every time I read this passage, because that's what I remember, right? Like, that's the story of, I, re- I remember this. And we have, a few years ago, we went to Costa Rica on a mission trip, and this was one of our main Bible stories, right, that we, we, we kind of talked about is, is this lame man being healed. And, and I've been chewing on this passage for, for the past couple of weeks in preparation for this morning. And, you know, most of the times when I've heard this message uh, spoke on or preached about, um, I, it came from the perspective of, like, healing and miracles and, and the empowerment of the Spirit for, for us today to do that. And, and those are all great and good. And trust me, this is a great passage to explore those, those, those ideas and subjects. But as I read this passage, some words started popping out at me. And I'm just going to read some of these words to you. In verse 3, it says, when he saw Peter and John. In verse 4, it says, Peter looked straight at him. Then Peter said, look at us. In verse 5, it says, the man gave them his attention. In verse 9, it says, when all the people saw. In verse 10, it says, they recognized. In verse 12, it says, when people saw this. In verse 16, it says, this man whom you see. And then Peter goes on to say, as you can all see. What do all of these like, phrases have in common? They all have the idea of seeing or recognizing or, or identifying, right? And in this journey through the book of Acts, we're looking at characteristics of a church in motion. In week one, the church in motion is a church on mission. In week two, we talked about the church in motion is an empowered church. In week three, a church in motion is a devoted church. And this week, we're going to look at a church in motion is a church that sees. 
And I asked you at the beginning, had you ever been looking for something? Come to find out it's right in front of you, right? Right in front of you. It's right, the milk is sitting right on that shelf right in front of you. And the fact is, we don't just do this with the milk in the refrigerator. We don't just do this with, you know, you know, mine is oftentimes, you know, my cell phone because it's black and it blends in with like our countertops and things like that. We don't just do it with, with material things, but we do this with people in our lives over and over and over again. We walk right past them. We walk right past the person again and again without actually seeing them, without actually noticing them. Do you see people at work, in your school, in the grocery store, at the gas station, at your Wawa that you stop at on the, every morning for coffee? Do you see people at this church? I believe in this passage we can see, pun intended, three ways the church responds to, to those that they see. Three ways the church responds to those that they see. And in this passage, the church is represented in Peter and John. Okay, so as we read through this, Peter and John represent the church, the church that's in motion. Right? So let's look back at verses 1 to 5. And I believe the, 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 the first, first way that the church can respond to those that they see is the church that sees shows compassion. And so let's, let's look back at verses 1 to 5, and it says this. It says, One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention. As we read this chapter, we can see that if you read, if you read this chapter, we can see that many people walk through this gate on a daily basis, right? They walk past this guy time and time again. A man who was crippled from birth was brought. He couldn't even get there on his own. He was brought and sat in front by this gate in order to beg every day. And if we read later on in, in chapter 4, we find out that this man was 40 years old. So this wasn't like something that had just happened, like he was a young kid or, or that sort of idea. He had been sitting at this gate every day for 40 years. What did people think about him? Did they look down on him? Did they see him as a nuisance? And I think when we read this passage, when Peter says, look at us, I think we can, we can imply that this beggar was probably sitting there with a typical, like, maybe beggar stance, right? Like, his head was down, his cup was out, like, like asking for money, right? Like, kind of head down, maybe, maybe we would call, maybe like a depressed look, cup out, asking for money. And this man had been there for years. Did they see him? You know, you know how it is, like... For me, I drive the same route every day to work, right? Well, now I have a new route. But I drove the same route every day to the church for four years. And I drive right past things all the time and not even notice them, right? How many people had walked right past this guy every day without even noticing him, without even seeing him? We don't really notice something until something changes, right? So the billboard's on the side of the road, right? I never even noticed that billboard was there until it changed, right? Or, or a house, maybe. We didn't notice it until maybe some trees were cut down or the landscaping was taken care of. So we, can, so we can actually see it. See, this guy, his circumstance for years remained the same. And in verse 4, it says that Peter looked straight at him. 
And this phrase in the Greek is different than the Greek word to mean to, to look or, or to see. It's a phrase that means to look intently. So Peter didn't just look at him, right? He didn't just like glance by him as he was walking by and, and see him. He looked at him. He locked eyes with him. He saw him. He noticed him, if you want to say. I have in my notes, I have, he looked, looked, right? Like he didn't just look, but he looked, looked, right? And when Peter, and when Peter said to him, look at us, it was a way of Peter saying to him, I see you. I see everybody else, they walk by him, the guy's head's down, don't really say anything to him. When he said, look at us, it drew his attention. It was a way of Peter saying, we see you. We maybe have compassion on you. They called him to look up, so they called him up in that moment. In the moment, that lame man, the beggar, probably felt seen. The scripture says that he turned his attention to them. Now, his expectation was wrong, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. But have you ever felt seen? Have you ever felt like somebody truly noticed you? Like, this person really sees me. I know growing up, like, I grew up as an only child, right? And I grew up, and you guys have heard my story, I grew up like, I didn't really have a lot of friends because I lived a long ways from my school, like a half hour from where I was actually going to school. And, and I know that there were often times in my life that like, I would go to school, check the box, leave, go home, not really do a whole lot, right? But I remember the people in my life who really made me feel like they saw me, right? I can think about my, some, some teachers who said, hey, I see you because they spoke to me. Literally, they just spoke to me. It's like, hey, I see you. The power of our words, right? Like just noticing somebody, saying something, saying, hey, look at us. Like, I see you. I want you to know that I see you, that I notice you. And I chose this word compassion. The church that sees shows compassion because it means a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune, accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate it. Um, It's not just having a feeling, but it's accompanied by a desire to do something about it. See, Peter and John were devout in their faith, right? They themselves probably had walked by this guy multiple times before. This wasn't the first time they had walked walked this way. They were good Jews, if you were to say that. They grew up, they were going to the temple. They walked, walked by this guy multiple times every day. And it was like Peter had a Holy Spirit double take. There was a holy compassion for this man that Peter had never experienced before. See, if you look back at Acts 2, we, we looked at the, the Spirit-empowered church and how the church in motion is the church that is empowered. And we see that Peter's life was radically changed just days before this. He had gone from being a disciple of Jesus who actually denied being a disciple of Jesus to a man who had the boldness to stand and preach and 3,000 people came to Christ. There was a life change that had taken place in Peter. I believe in this moment it's another one of those life changes in his life that I had walked by this guy multiple times, but this time something inside of me said, notice that guy, see that guy. The Holy Spirit inside of him was doing that. The Holy Spirit caused Peter to see this man and have compassion on him. The church that sees shows compassion. 
And I think I want to stop and kind of address this for a moment, because I think that oftentimes we read the scriptures and, and we look at this and we go, well, Peter and John were like pastors of the New Testament church, right? And you and Pastor Paul, like you get up there on Sunday mornings and you share stories about how you know, the Holy Spirit spoke to you to see people. And oftentimes I don't feel, you know, if you're sitting in the seat, you might say, like, I don't feel like that, that can be done through me. I don't feel the same. I don't feel like I can do what maybe Peter and John did or maybe what, what, what maybe Pastor Paul might share or you might share in, your, in, in, in stories of how God has used you through the week. See, in this passage, Peter and John were just two broke dudes walking downtown to church. Like, let's just be honest about who they were. Nobody knew that, like, the people around didn't, like, identify them as, like, oh, those are the people we should be following. Those are the pastors of, of that new church that's in the upper room down the street. It was, they were just ordinary dudes. And clearly they didn't have any money because he said, I don't have any silver or gold. So people in our community will not be impacted by this church building, but by you, individually, the church, where you are. It's not whoever's in front of you on this stage on a Sunday morning, or it's not your small group leader through the week. It's you as an individual who facilitates life change. Life change takes place when the church, wherever you are, begins to see people, to see people with compassion. Jesus was not short in showing compassion, right? Throughout the New Testament, throughout the Gospels, we see time after time where Jesus showed compassion. And one, one of these times I, I pulled from Matthew 20, verses 30 to 34, because Jesus saw the people, saw these two blind guys, he called to them, and then he showed compassion. It's the same, same way that we see that happens here in, in the book of Acts. And it says in Acts 20, 30 to 34, it says, Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they had heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. But they, they shouted louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called to them, What do you want from me? He asked. Lord, they answered, We want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them, and touched their eyes. Immediately, they received their sight and followed him. The church that sees shows compassion. The second, the second way that the church responds to those that, they, those that they see is by seeing beyond the physical, right? Seeing beyond the physical. And these two are kind of related, right? So in order for us to see beyond the physical need in front of us, in order for us to notice the physical need in front of us, in order to notice the person, we have to have compassion on them, right? Like we want to do, we, have, we are compelled to do something about their situation. So let's look at verses five, and, 5 through 8, and it says, So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple, into the temple courts, walking, jumping, and praising God. I want to like leap again, right? Like I want to just like start singing that song in my head and do that. So the church that sees shows compassion. The church that sees sees beyond the physical. See beyond the physical needs. See, in the physical, this man was crippled. He was poor. He was begging for money. The man was at the gate. He wasn't asking for a doctor to be healed, right? He wasn't there saying, hey, you know, could somebody get me a physician? I haven't been able to walk for 40 years. He's saying, no, I, I want some money. He had been crippled his whole life. I don't even know that this man could even imagine life 
not being crippled. Like imagine life any other way. His expectation was that Peter and John were going to give him money. And oftentimes the people around us can't even see life any other way than the way that they've lived life thus far. Make sense? Then Peter says, silver and gold I do not have. And this is Peter recognizing that what he has to offer the man is much more valuable than money, right? It's much more valuable than anything this man can even imagine. This man was seeing a temporary fix to a situation. If I could just get some money, if I can just gather a little bit of money, then, you know, maybe I'll be happy or maybe my, you know, my needs will be met. I'll be able to, I'll be able to eat dinner tonight. We all have something that we think if we can just get, it'll satisfy us. The people around us have that same kind of mentality. Well, if I can just do this, if I can just have this, if I can just get this, it'll satisfy me. But then we look around, there's other people who have those very same things, and they're not satisfied. This man wasn't the only beggar standing at this temple gate. Oftentimes, beggars would line up by the, by the gates of the temple to beg for money. This man needed something more than physical healing, something more than money. He needed a relationship with God. And Peter and John saw beyond this man's physical need, his physical condition, and saw his spiritual condition. The man's physical condition was an illustration, really, it was a painting, a picture of what his spiritual life was. The man was spiritually was broken. The man spiritually was lame. The man spiritually was poor. But what they had to offer was much more valuable than even the silver or gold that this man was asking for. The man's expectation was money, something that was temporary. What Peter and John were offering was something that was permanent and eternal. See, when we focus on the spiritual need, the man's maybe physical condition, or the spiritual need, the man's need for a savior, the physical need, the man's need for healing, falls into place. When you focus on the spiritual the physical falls into place. Question for us as a church, maybe as an individual, do we see people's spiritual need in, our li- in their lives? Do we see that, yes, they might in this moment need something else. They might need relationship. They might need community. But we, do we see their need for a Savior? Think about it. This lame guy f- first asked for money. But Peter says, silver and gold, I have none. In other words, what you want from me is good, but what I'm going to give you is much better, much deeper. And instead of giving him money, he gave him physical healing. And this guy follows Jesus, which is the greatest gift that Peter and John could ever offer. If Peter had said, well, I don't have any money, and I can't physically heal you, but I can tell you that if you trust Jesus, forgive your sins, you will have eternal life. What do you think the guy's response would be? Would you think it's much less moving or spectacular? Isn't the greatest gift salvation? Isn't that greater than maybe even the physical miracle that this guy had? Right? Sure it is. The guy sitting by the temple each day, looking at everyone walking in and out, probably thought, if I, maybe if I could just walk, I would never be unhappy again. I would never have to beg again. Is that true? How many of you guys walked in here this morning? Have you ever, are you unhappy this morning? Just being real. Like some of us, thanks Lisa. (laughs) Gosh. 
We walk around all, all day long, yet we're still unhappy sometimes in our lives. Walking does not equate happiness. We all have something that we can think of. If I could just have that, it'll make me happy. I read a quote this week. It went like this. It says, sometimes God gives us what we think we need. Sometimes he doesn't give us what we think we need. All the time, he gives us what we actually need. Jesus. This is exactly what God wants to do in and through a church that sees. To give Jesus. The value of spiritual healing far outweighs the physical. And in fact, I'll tell you, I think that physical healing without spiritual healing is, is like, is, 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 I mean, it's a strong, worthless, right? Potentially even harmful. Because oftentimes, Satan will want to alleviate our momentary suffering in exchange for eternal suffering. The church that sees beyond the physical says something similar to what Peter, Peter said to this man. The ability to physical heal, physically heal you, I may not always have. But such as I have, salvation in Jesus Christ, forgiveness, forgiveness of sins, relationship with God, and eternal life, that I give to you. Peter and John saw beyond the physical need to the spiritual need. I asked you earlier this question. I said, have you ever been looking for something to realize you've been holding it in your hand? Been there? Your glasses? Your pen? For me, it's usually my cell phone. Where's my cell phone? It's right in front of you. You have it in your hand. If If you're a believer here this morning, you have in your hand what every person needs. Jesus. If you're a believer here this morning, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You have what every person needs. You have the power of the Holy Spirit in you to see beyond their temporary need, to see beyond their physical need, to see the spiritual need of each person that you see and you interact with. You have the power to meet both the physical need and the spiritual need of each person that you interact with or that you see. And this is one of those instances in Scripture where the physical need was met so that this man might have faith in Jesus. A church in motion doesn't just see the physical needs, but it sees the spiritual needs of those around them. See, when a physical need is met, there's a physical, there's a natural response or a physical response. And it says the man went walking and leaping and jumping, right? But when a spiritual need is met, there's a spiritual response and maybe an unnatural response. And it says the man was praising God and the people saw and recognized him and were filled with awe and amazement. There was a spiritual thing that, that took place. The church that sees shows compassion. The church that sees goes beyond the physical. You say, so Pastor Rob, so what? So what? What does this mean? How do we, what do we do with this? Well, the third, my third, third point this morning is the church that sees acts. The church that sees puts action to what, to what they see. They, they act on the need that they see in front of them. And in verse 7, it says this. It says, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the, feet, the, the man's feet and ankles became strong. We ask, I ask myself this question quite often. Why was the first century church so successful? And I think it was because they didn't just show compassion. They didn't just see and meet the physical needs. They didn't just see and meet the spiritual needs. 
but it was because they acted. They, they, there was an action that took place. Peter, in faith, reached out his hand and grabbed this man by the right hand. And it was helping him to stand up. It could have the man been physically and spiritually healed by the words that Peter spoke. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Absolutely. It was his action reaching out his hand that built the, the faith of the lame man. And I believe even built the faith of Peter to say, to, for, for God to heal this man, both physically and spiritually. And I, I imagine this like, okay, I'm going to help you up. And he's helping him up. It's like one leg becomes strong and fills underneath him. And then the next leg becomes strong and gets underneath him. And the guy now is standing up and it's like, I, you know, he's looking around like, I can't believe like this just happened. And it was words and action. Throughout the New Testament, we see this pattern from, from Jesus and through the apostles that it was words and action. Peter and John learned from the best. They learned from Jesus that if I'm going sh- to share the gospel, there has to be an action that takes place. Words and action. Words accompanied by action. And we see this multiple times, but a couple that, that I pulled out this morning was, was when Jesus was teaching his disciples. And, and in Matthew 9.35, it says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching and proclaiming, which would be the word, the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction, the action. Luke 9.11, the crowds followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God, the word, and, and cured those who had need of healing. It was the action. It was the actions of the church in the streets that caused the people to be amazed. Think about that. Word and action. And they were closely related together. The actions weren't just like random magic tricks, right? Like on the side of the street where I'm like randomly going to do magic tricks. Or it wasn't just random acts of kindness. The actions demonstrated the words that they were sharing were true, right? That the word of, that Jesus was who he said he was, that what they were witnesses of, right? The apostles were sent out as witnesses. Remember the mission that we talked about in week one was the mission was to be a witness of what they had seen and heard. That what they, that what, they were telling the people around them were actually true. That what they had witnessed was actually proved to be true. And when the people here in Acts 3 saw what had happened, it says they came running in amazement. And the action provided an opportunity for the word. In the rest of this chapter, after verse 10, Peter stands up and shares the word. And, Peter, and it was Peter, Peter shared this, and this is just a summary of what he said. Just like the gospel has the power to make this man walk, the power has the gospel the gospel has the power to save your soul. The power to heal proved the power of salvation. Here's why this is important, church. If we want to be a church in motion, it's when a community sees the power of the gospel in action and they... Power of the, power of the gospel in action. That they become open to believing the gospel. Thus, a church in motion doesn't just see a need. They don't just see, share, show compassion. They don't just... You know, think about ways that they can actually, you know, maybe help somebody in a situation. They don't just see the physical need, they see the spiritual need, and then they act. They act. We are to amaze through our actions and share the word. This is what God has called us to do and empowered us to do. This is the mission to which the church was called in Acts 1 8 to be a witness of the gospel, to let the gospel be on display both through our words and their actions. You say, well, Pastor Rob, like today, like 
If I notice somebody and I see somebody, I'm not too sure I'm going to, like, if they're in a wheelchair, that I'm going to, like, walk up to them and help them, like, stand up, right? The Holy Spirit might call you to do that, and I would challenge you, do it if he calls you to do that, right? But maybe the Holy Spirit is putting in you to say, hey, give the, give the waitress at lunch today an extra tip and t- share your story with her. Words and actions, right? Maybe, he'll, maybe he calls you and empowers you to, to heal. Then do it. Maybe he calls you and empowers you to act and share, those, share his word. It's both words and action. And that's what we see the church acted. I'm going to ask the worship team if they would come. The church in motion sees and shows compassion. The church in motion sees beyond the physical. And ultimately the church in, action, the church in motion acts. How were Peter and John able to do this? Because they recognized the Holy Spirit's power in them. It changed the way they saw people. They no longer saw people in the same way. They showed compassion. They no longer just saw the physical need of the lame man who was asking for money and was crippled, but they saw the need of his, they saw his spiritual need for a savior and they acted on it. And the Holy Spirit gave them the boldness to act. And the same Holy Spirit lives inside of each one of us that are in this room today who are believers here. In fact, scripture says in Romans 8, 11, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of each of those who believe. We have to remember that for Peter and John, this happened just days after the Holy Spirit's empowerment. For us, we have multiple stories you know, we can look back at throughout history where the Holy Spirit helped people see somebody, see pastors' physical need, and act on it, right? Peter and John, they got to walk with Jesus. They saw these things on display. They had witnessed what Jesus did during his times of ministry on earth. And oftentimes I think that the church worldwide, we don't show compassion. We don't just, we don't see past the physical. We don't act because we limit ourselves based upon what we see through our own physical eyes, what we see through our own lens. Think about it. Most people who walked by that guy saw him as a lame, a cripple, a beggar. Peter and John walked by him. They said, he's somebody who's healed. He's somebody who has a purpose. He's somebody who God can use to bring others to him. Think about the number of people who came. If you look at the rest of the rest of the chapter, people gathered and Peter was able to share with them in a language that they understood the gospel message of who Jesus was. The Holy Spirit enabled them to see this man and have compassion, and so they showed compassion. The Holy Spirit enabled them to see past the physical need to the spiritual. They saw past the expectation of the lame man, and the Holy Spirit compelled them to act. So they responded in action. I believe that if we want to see people through the lens of the Holy Spirit, I believe it comes down when we go back to what we talked about last week to the four things the church devoted themselves to. 
when we're truly devoted to the word of God, when we're truly devoted to the breaking of bread and sharing in in communion together, when we're really devoted to each other and the community of believers, when we're really devoted to prayer, that's when the church will be able to be a church that sees. And this morning, as as we take time and respond to God's word, um, I'm not going to ask you to stand as the band sings a song. Um, I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit more, maybe maybe a little bit practical. I'm going to ask you to, in the seat pockets in front of you, there's little cards that say like notes on it. And if you would reach in that seat pocket and pull out one of those, those notes cards, um, I have a few questions that I'm going to, I'm going to have on the screen as they, as they sing this next song. And I want you to like truly reflect. Like I know oftentimes during reflection times, like and there's questions like, I'm going to ask you actually to write down. You don't have to share this with anybody. I'm not going to collect it and have you put your name on it so we can go back and see how good that you're doing at being someone who sees others. But what I am, what I, what I am asking you to do is look at your heart. Take a few moments. I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you to take a few moments and look at these questions. Do you see others around you? How do they know that you see them? Peter and John, they, Peter called out and said, look at us. How can you show compassion to those that you see? What are the physical needs of those that you see? How can you meet those needs? What are the spiritual needs of those you see? Do you recognize the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? what is he speaking to you about those people around you that you see? Let's pray. Father, would you open our eyes to be a church that sees? Lord, during these next few moments, let your Holy Spirit guide us as to how we can see people and show compassion. That we can sharpen our lenses to see past the physical and recognize the spiritual needs of each person we encounter. And God, would you give us the boldness to act? Give us the boldness to be obedient in the way the Holy Spirit compels us to take action. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Would you take some time and respond to this one?